Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. When they came to the place of the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right, one on the left. Father, Jesus said, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, I think not many people will understand what's happening on the cross at this particular time. Uh, if, you, if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll know that it was a, a way of torturing people a couple of thousand years ago. Um, and if you've ever said the words, I'm in excruciating pain, you ever said those words? This, is, this pain is excruciating. Then that means it came out of the cross, excruciate, it means out of the cross. So if you can imagine, you are in excruciating pain. Uh, you've had these... Uh, nails, sticks driven into your hands here and here and into your feet. Uh, you can't actually breathe. You have to, uh, to be able to breathe properly when you're hung like that. You have to be able to lift yourself up off the ground. And they weren't actually like up there. They were actually at head height, these, uh, these people that were hung on a cross. So they were hung at head height so that you could walk past them and look at them and curse them and spit in their face. So this is what these people were doing. And they were just slightly off the ground so they couldn't actually use their feet to lift themselves up because they were just slightly off the ground. Slightly more torture for them as well. People would come by and spit in their face. And uh, they're spitting on Jesus and they're mocking him. And one of the criminals says, come on, you can save other people. Why don't you save yourself? And at that moment, when all of creation, his people are spitting on him, are mocking him, are torturing him, Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Is any of it working, Barney? I want to be like Toby last week and go, hang on, let's do it. There you go, that's what he says. Father, forgive them. Jesus is asking for forgiveness for those who were sinning against him. In that moment, something that seemed totally and completely unforgivable. And they were killing him. And I know, you know, we sit there in our lives and we, we sit and we think, well, you know, what that person did to me, what they said, what happened? Well, it's just unforgivable. That's unforgivable. But I wonder if you've ever been in the position where someone was actually killing you. Someone was actually torturing you. Someone was actually cussing you in your face and spitting on you. And you prayed the prayer, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they were doing. I wonder if you've ever been in that position. That's uh, pretty enormous. You know, if you live long enough, uh, you're going to be hurt by someone. And, and I suspect even right now, your minds are racing to a particular wound that you have. Somebody that maybe abused you. Somebody that took advantage of you. Somebody that lied to you. Somebody that cheated you. Somebody that robbed you. Someone hurt someone that you love. Someone hurt your sister. Someone hurt your brother. Someone hurt your mum. Someone hurt your dad. Someone who is a Christian did something very unchristian to you. Some church did something that they probably don't even know about that you actually don't really want to forgive them about. Somebody didn't appreciate you. Your boss didn't say, well done. Maybe you lost your job. Some of it, maybe it was your mum. Some of it, maybe it was your dad. They weren't there for you in the way that they could have, should have. Maybe they abandoned you. 
Some of you, maybe it's not even something really big like that. Something, it's just something small. Maybe it's just that person that feels like there's nails going down a chalkboard whenever you come into their presence or hear their name mentioned. Some of you, maybe it's just your mother-in-law. Sorry, did I say that? <laughs> For the purposes of the tape, I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> Some of you are just angry at God. Why, why, why did you let this happen? And some of you, some of you it will be yourself. Some of you have done something which you believe is unforgivable, which you don't even want to forgive yourself for this morning. And that raises that big question that I want to uh, to address. Love like Jesus. How do we love like Jesus? And how do we forgive like Jesus? And if you've ever heard, if you've been around church, you'll have heard the word gospel and I think that, how do we forgive like Jesus, is part of, central to the gospel, the good news that we share. So let's start with the good news. Uh, if you've got your Bibles open, you can flip to Romans 3.23. Uh, and if you're here today, uh, you're a sinner. And then you're thinking, I thought he said we'd start with the good news. Uh, turn to your neighbor and tell him that you're a sinner. No, don't do that. I was joking. That's particularly for the new people that are amongst us. That's really unkind. But it's true. Every single one of us, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Even your fantastic, fabulous vicar here. I, too, fall short of the glory of God. And I want to just give you just a couple of thoughts this morning, two simple thoughts, easy thoughts, I hope that you're going to be able to internalize and go away with, uh, a bit like last week's uh, pray and go. I was listening, Tobes. All right. Taking notes as well. Pray and go. Number one. So number one, pray. Pray for those people who hurt you. Pray for them. That's what Jesus was doing on the cross, and that's what he teaches us to do. And some of you are like, yeah, I'll pray for them. All right, I'll pray for them. I'll pray they get hemorrhoids. That's what I'll pray for them. I'll pray they get theirs. I'll pray they get their comeuppance. That's what I'll do. I'll pray for them. But Matthew 5.43, open it up. You've heard it said. Jesus says, you've heard it said. In other words, you've been taught all your life to love your neighbor. And you've been taught to hate your enemy. But Jesus, what does he say in that moment? Does he say hate your enemy? He says, love your neighbor and love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. And that moment, much like when I speak in here, when Jesus was speaking, you would have heard a pin drop, jaw-droppingly shocking. What did he just say? Hang on, this is an eye for an eye, a a tooth for a tooth. Life for life. This is the way I've been brought up as as a good Jew. Uh, or even the Romans that may have been listening. This was uh, a place of revenge. Somebody does something to you, you do something back to them. And here is Jesus, as ever, completely countercultural, wiping the floor with them. And people are sitting up and they're taking note. Somebody takes something from you, you take something back. They break a bone of yours, you break a bone back. They give you the bird, 
you give them the bird back. I'm not sure they did that in Roman days, but I'm sure they had something similar. You know, that's why I don't drive around in a car that identifies me as a Christian, just in case one of you guys sees me out there giving the bird to somebody who cuts me up at the traffic lights or at the roundabout just there. And if you've been around church for a while, you've heard it before. Yeah, 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 love your enemies. Yeah, yeah, we've heard this wrong before. We've heard it. And it is really easy to absorb until what? Until actually you have an enemy to pray for. Until somebody wrongs you. And what I hope you're going to see is that if you've been devastated by someone, if you've been let down by someone, if someone has lied about you, someone has gossiped about you, the first place we actually start is to pray for them. To pray for them. And why did Jesus teach this? Well, perhaps one of the reasons was that because it takes a right attitude to then promote a right action. So you have to be transformed by the renewal of your mind before you might take the right actions. A right attitude precedes a right action. And if you're praying for someone, if you're praying for them, and you're praying blessing on them, not the hemorrhoids business, if you're praying for them, what happens is you start to change. Your attitude will start to change. When you start praying for someone that you hate, when you start praying for your enemies, when you start praying for those who persecute you, your prayer may not change them. Your prayer may not change them. But I tell you, it will change you. It will change you. So, how much does God value forgiveness? Is the question. And does he value it? The core of the gospel. Colossians 3.13, if you want to turn to that in your books, is towards the back. Paul said to do what? Forgive one another. Let's read that together. Forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. Let's say it again. Forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. Some people will have that reading at their wedding it's brilliant. There is no love without forgiveness. I hope that word love is still ringing around your ears from Bishop Curry. Wonderful story of uh, Rebecca who was here who was um, knocking uh, and delivering Love, uh, love Sunbury Joy at Kempton Leaflets. And uh, one of the ladies who answered the door said, do you know that bishop? <laughs> and wasn't it amazing? People are still talking about it. Love. Love is the key. There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love. And I don't know about you, but I know that my God has forgiven me for a lot. I know because I live with myself. I know what I did when I was 16. I know what I did when I was 18. I know what I did when I was 25. I know what I did when I got up this morning. I know. I live with myself. I don't know how many lies you've told, how many people you've hurt, or how many times you've hurt God, even. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. And I know that I've been forgiven for a lot. And that enables me to forgive others. 
because I know how much I have been forgiven. So how do you forgive the unforgivable? How do you do it? Well, I think at some point, you have to make a choice. At some point, you've got to choose. A bit like when you're presented with the good news of Jesus Christ. You choose to believe, and you enter and you inherit eternal life, or you choose not to believe. I'll leave you to work out what happens. You choose. You make a choice. And so what I'm suggesting this morning is that you're going to make a choice, and you're going to work towards it. Make a choice and work towards it. Or, or come out of this next five minutes and go, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to remain bitter. I'd much rather remain bitter for the rest of my life towards that person. Uh, I'm going to go into the Guinness Book of Records to be the bitterest person in the living room. I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to be filled with hateful thoughts. I'm just going to be bitter to the end. So what do you do when you've been hurt? You start praying. And, and what are you doing by praying? Are you telling somebody else about it? No. Who are you telling? Who are you, to, who are you taking it to when you pray? You're taking it to God, right? You take it to God. Because he understands. Because he's been there. You take it to God and you see him hanging naked from a tree, pierced for our transgressions. Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot drive out dark, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. So it begins with a choice. So. I'm going to invite you to say this morning, by faith, I'm choosing. I may not feel it yet, but I'm going to begin by praying for that person, for that situation. I'm going to let go of what they did. I'm going to let go of the bitterness, which is killing me from the inside out, which is poisoning me from the inside out, and more than likely poisoning people around me too. I'm choosing by faith to let it go. And the day you let it go, if that's this morning, God will do an incredible piece of work of life transformation in you. Because he will set a prisoner free. We sing those songs. Set the prisoner free. And our minds are thinking, yeah, other people. I'm not in prison. I'm not in chains. Nothing's bound me. He will set you free. Isn't that good news? Yes, wrong. So the world is going to teach you to hate people around you. Hate people. And Jesus said, no, no, no. We, who profess to follow Jesus, we do things a little bit differently. We love our enemies and we forgive as we have been forgiven. Because that's how Jesus' followers do it. Plain and simple. 
In the same way, we forgive as we have been forgiven. And I guess then it maybe throws up a question, are we just saying that we just excuse what people do to us, the wrongs that people have done unto us? And I'm not saying that. We can still accept that something that was done was wrong. But with the Father's help this morning, we can choose to forgive. We can understand that fundamentally, we are no better than they are. We are all sinners in need of grace. Now, you'd think that Jesus, facing all this pain and agony, the torture, would cry out in despair. You'd think he would be a little bit furious, a little bit angry. But no, his first words are a prayer of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. When Jesus could and probably rightfully should have been totally self-centered, he, the one, was totally other-centered. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Who is them? Who is them? Is it the Roman soldiers, the ones who put him there? Is it Pilate and Herod? Is it the Jewish people? Is it the crowd? Or is it us? If we believe that the cross was God's purpose of forgiveness for the sins of the whole world, then he was asking God, the Father, to forgive us in that moment too. When you recognize that you need to be forgiven and that you are this morning, then you'll be able to forgive. And if you don't, and you don't recognize you are, then you won't be able to. And that is like walking up to Jesus when his arms are spread out on the cross and cursing him to his face and slapping him and mocking him and spitting in his face. It will be like crucifying Jesus all over again So the question, as it sinks deep into your heart and your mind, is do you think that God values forgiveness? And if so, how much? How much? Let's take a moment, why don't you bow your heads? For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.